Take your Bibles, Exodus chapter number 33 in your Bible. If you leave it open there, we're going to spend uh, our whole morning in Exodus uh, 31, 32, 33, and uh, we'll get to it in a moment. I've enjoyed the service already. Man, Brother Quoza was wearing me out. He kept forgetting things, and he was making me nervous up here, forgetting his glasses, forgetting his songbook, and all kinds of things. And Brother Eddie talking about the rapture of the church. Who thinks Brother Eddie should lead all the church services after the rapture? Who thinks, who thinks that's a good idea? I do. Man, I love Brother Eddie. I was, I was getting ready for um, uh, junior high vacation Bible school. I was running around crazy, and, and in my office there at Hammond Baptist, I had, I had a whistle and a megaphone, and I had a couple of tennis balls and a dodgeball, and I, I had it there, and I, I saw it just all a mess, and I took a picture of it, and I sent it to Brother Eddie, and I said, how many times does your office look like this? And uh, of course, a youth pastor here forever, but it's all good. Love our pastor, and you pray for him while he's in Africa. And uh, I just realized when Brother Eddie said that he's five hours ahead of us, I sent him some late night text messages, probably woke him up in the middle of the morning. But anyways, I didn't realize he was that far ahead of us. So you pray for him. And it is not a vacation. Whenever you go out and you're preaching multiple times like that, um, it is not a vacation. And this is a great opportunity because like it's already been said, there's pastors from all across that region of the country or of the world there, and so it's a chance, a chance to impact people that will in turn go home and impact people, and so you pray for him that God will, will bless him. It's an honor to preach here. I don't take it lightly, and I, I look forward to every opportunity I get to stand here and to preach the word of God. Exodus chapter number 33, if you look at verse number 21, the Lord is speaking to Moses And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me. A place by me. I I like it when I find a place. I'm born and raised on the south side of Chicago, and so you always have a place or a guy. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, if you you need a good good restaurant, you find somebody that says, Man, I know a place. I've got a place, like for me. I love ribs, I love barbecue, and so, and so I have a place, a 95th in Ridgeland. It's called Billy Boys. It's, it's my place. Don't go there. But if you want to take me there, that's fine. I'm taking applications after the service. No, but it's, it's the best place. And I like it when, there's a, when somebody has a, a place. Every bus captain in Chicago has a, has a place, a place on the north side or the south side where they can get some good Mexican food and, and it's cheap and the portions are big and, and they've got a place. I like it when, when somebody tells me about a mechanic, you know, and I'm, I'm needing some, some auto work done and I'm not a good mechanic. I can't do any of that stuff myself. And so I like it when somebody says, man, I've got a place. In West Virginia, I had a place. This guy could fix anything with a, a $20 bill and a roll of duct tape. I mean, he could, he could fix any mechanical issue on, on your car, but, uh, but a place. I like it when tax time comes around and somebody knows an IRS uh, 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 tax guy. He says, man, come here, you know, and you're looking to get your taxes done. He says, he says I've got a place. And you walk into that place, he's got a big sign. He says, not a, it's your money, not theirs. And the IRS is emphasized in theirs. I like places like that, and, uh, but a place. God said to Moses, he said, there is, a, there is a place by me. 
There's a place by me. And I'm here to report to you uh, this morning that there is still a place by God. There is a place where you and I can get, and we can get alone with God, and it's a place by God. Noah found the place by God as he labored on an ark, and and as he worked for a hundred years and he preached in the midst of a perverse nation, he found a place by God. Abraham found a place by God as he clung to the promise of God that that he would have a child in his old age. And there at a hundred years of age, could you imagine a hundred years old, uh, God came through on his promise. And the Bible says that Abraham staggered not at the promise of God. And I'm going to tell you, those were some long years and some difficult years and some doubting years, but Abraham found a place by God. Uh, Leah found a place by God. She was in a troubled marriage. She was in a marriage of convenience. Leah married to Jacob, and, and she was in a marriage where there was no love. You turn to Genesis chapter number 29, you'll see that Leah was constantly uh, trying to make Jacob happy and constantly trying to get Jacob to to notice her, but Jacob did not love Leah the way that he loved Rachel. And the Bible says that with each child that she conceived, uh, she conceived Reuben, and Reuben means look at me, and and she conceived Simeon, and Simeon means uh, listen to me. She conceived Levi, and Levi means join yourself to me, constantly trying to get the attention of Jacob in this troubled marriage, and with each child saying look at me, and here's a son, and, and hey Jacob, Listen to me. Here's a son. Jacob, join yourself to me. What do I have to do, Jacob, to get your attention and to get your love? And Leah never did find the love of Jacob, but she found a place by God. And when Judah came along, she said, now will I praise the Lord. Leah found a place by God. Joshua found a place by God as he was preparing for the biggest moment in his life there at Jericho. The Bible says he passed by that unseen captain and he found a place by God. I think of Hannah. Hannah, the Bible says in 1 Samuel that she was in bitterness of her own soul. Hannah prayed year after year for a child and she was barren. And the Lord would not open her womb and it consumed her and she prayed. Uh, the Bible says she prayed so hard that the words couldn't even come out of her mouth. The Bible says that she would pray and her lips would move, uh, but no words came out. Have you ever prayed so hard and wanted something so bad that you couldn't even formulate the words that come out of your mouth? And, and that was Hannah, and she found a place by God. David found a place by God. Man, I love what the Bible says in Psalm 34. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Listen to this in verse 6. In Psalm 34, the Bible says, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. And I love those words, and the Lord heard him. David was in trouble. Uh, David was running from Saul, and he said, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. David found a place by God. 
And listen to me, my friends, there is still, in 2021, there is still a place by God. There is still a place where we can go, a place where we can get, when it's more than church. And I, you know what? I love coming to church. I, I love preaching. I love listening to preaching. But you know and I do that church, church isn't always enough. We need to learn to find that place by God. David found a place by God. Daniel found a place by God as he was reprogrammed there in Babylon. And they changed his, they changed his language and they changed his traditions and they changed his diet and his clothing. Uh, David or Daniel said to Nebuchadnezzar, there is a God in heaven. He found a place by God. The apostle Paul found a place by God. When no one would believe his conversion, he found himself in a desert place in Arabia, and he found a place by God there for three years talking to God. And my friend, no amount of study will ever replace the place by God. No amount of activity or service. We have a busy church, and I love the fact that we have a busy church, but no amount of service to God will ever replace finding that place by God. Behold, there is a place by me. It's an unchanging place. He said, I am the Lord, I change not. It's an unexplainable place. If you've ever been to that place where the Lord is, it's an unexplainable place. It's a place where you can find answers. It's a place where you can find comfort. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you visited that place by God? He said, behold, there's a place by me. There's a spot where you can get, you can find everything that you need. This morning, I want to point out a few things about this place by God. Let's pray, and we'll get into the message. Father, I pray that you would bless now our time. I pray that you would use the preaching of your word. And God, in this busy society that we live in, in this changing society, Lord, help all of us to find a place by you. A place of rest, a place of comfort, a place where your children can run to and find strength. And God, I pray that you'd put a desire in our hearts to find that place. You said, behold, there's a place by me. Lord, I visited that place this morning, and it's my desire that your people would desire to, to have that place by you. In Jesus' name, amen. In Exodus chapter number 31, God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. In Exodus chapter number 32, while he's on the mountain, the people, of course, sin that, that great sin. And they form the golden calf, and, and they're dancing around the golden calf, and uh, wait, tired of waiting on God, they, they play their crazy music and dancing around naked. And Moses says when he comes off the mountain and he sees all of that, he says to them, he says, you've sinned. A great sin. I've always been intrigued by that. Exodus 32, verse number 21. Moses said unto Aaron, What did this people unto thee that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? And then if you look again in verse number 30, uh, the Bible says, And it came to pass, Exodus 32, 30, On the morrow that Moses said unto the people, Ye have sinned a great sin. Now I will go up unto the Lord. Peradventure I shall make an atonement for your sin. And Moses returned unto the Lord. And he said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. In Exodus 31, Moses is given those Ten Commandments. In Exodus 32, we see the great sin of the people of Israel. It was a sin when they 
turn their back on the Lord there in the Mount of God. What made it a great sin? I've thought about that oftentimes. It was a great sin because of who committed it. Uh, God's people, it was a great sin because of where they had committed it there at the foothills of the mountain of God. It was a great sin because all that they had seen, you know, I expect the world to go crazy, but when you and I turn our back on God, it is a great sin. After all that we've seen, after all that we've experienced, after given, uh, been given a church like this and, and the Bible and a, and a place uh, like this to worship, uh, when we turn our back on God, it is a great sin. You see that great sin in Exodus chapter 32. And then in Exodus chapter number 33 is a really intimate moment in the life of Moses. Moses grows tired of the camp. He grows tired of the, of the crowd Verse number, uh, thir- verse number three, unto a land, Exodus 33, three, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in the midst of thee, for thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. Look at verse number seven. And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp, and he called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp, And it came to pass when Moses went out unto the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. Verse number 11, the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. Verse number 14, he said, my presence shall go with thee and I will give thee rest. And Moses said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. As Moses is talking to God in verse number 18, he says, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And then in verse number 21, our text verse, the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. My friend, in a world of confusion... In a world of stubborn, stiff-necked people, in a generation that seems to be running as far from God as they possibly can, I want you to know that there is still a place by God. There is still a place, there's still a, a spot where you can get and where you can find all that you need. I want to give you four things about this place by God. Number one, if you're ever going to find a place by God, number one, It is a place of choosing. It is a place of choosing. This place by God, you'll see that Moses chose to go to this place. Verse number 7 of chapter 33, he took the tabernacle and he pitched it without the camp afar off. The Bible says that he would wake up every morning and he would walk through the camp. He would walk by the people. They would rise up. They would, they would watch him go to the tabernacle. There goes Moses. He's, he's going off into that tabernacle again. They would stand at their door. The Bible says in verse number 8 uh, that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And then as he went into that tabernacle, the pillar of cloud would descend and God would talk to his servant Listen to me, my friend. It was a place that Moses had to choose to get to. It's a place of choosing. 
Moses had to, had to get up and walk away from the... And I'm going to say something. If you're going to find a place by God, it's not always a popular place. It's not always a place where everybody's clamoring to get to. Hey, especially in this day and age, you're going to have to make a choice to find that place by God. Moses looked around at those people. He said, man, I'm out of here. I can't handle this anymore. I've got to find a place by God. He said, I'm tired of the apathy and tired of the mediocrity. I'm tired of the, of the sin of these people. And so I'm going to get up and I'm going to find a place by God. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you chose to find a place by God? You see, you're not just going to stumble upon this place. You see Moses taking deliberate action. To find a place by God. And if you're going to find a place by God, it will be a place of choosing. You'll find God. George Whitfield said, you'll find God on your knees and in this book. Whitfield said, God condescended to become an author and so few people will ever read his book. You ever think about that? God condescended to become an author and so few of us will ever spend time in the word of God. We'll, we'll rarely choose to find God. Find that place by God. I can remember going to Bible college and our freshman year at Hiles Anderson, Brother Hiles stood up and, and he said, the most important lesson you'll learn in Bible college is this. And then he said, and many of you could repeat it, he said, walk with God. Walk with God. Hey, more than any lesson in church ed, more than any notes I ever took in a class, more than, more than any uh, uh, homiletical thing I ever learned in preaching class, the most important thing that I ever learned in Bible college was to find a place by God, was to choose to get there. That place has helped me more than any note, more than any class or lecture that I've ever heard. And I'm talking to God's people today, and we are living in a day and age where church isn't enough, and Sunday school isn't enough, and, and just having good Christian friends isn't enough. I'm telling you, you and I need to find that place by God. It still exists, and we need to find a place by God. I can remember as a teenager... Uh, getting saved and, and choosing to find a place by God. Man, I wish I could take you over to my little house there in Blue Island, there on Artesian Avenue. My mom might be listening to the service every now and again. She'll, she'll, uh, it'll pop on live stream, and, and uh, she likes to listen to the church services. So I've got to watch what I say. The internet's changed the game, all right? You can't just say whatever you want to say. Uh, half of Brother Eddie's stories are next. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, she could testify this is true. Walk into that little spot there in Blue Island. I was just a teenager. I, I was new to church. My family wasn't a Christian family. Lots of love in the home, but, but God wasn't there. You walked into my bedroom, and all the walls were painted white, I had little Bible verses on the wall. I had little John R. Rice tape. And uh, I had gotten rid of my rap music and some of that garbage I was listening to. And my pastor gave me a, a, a cassette tape of John R. Rice's daughters singing. He had like six daughters, and they would sing a cappella with no instruments. I remember the very first time I ever listened to that, going from the world's music to that. I thought, man, what is this? <laughs> this is crazy. I mean, that, that music was old back then. And 
You go into that bedroom. It's remarkable, you know, you'd walk through the house and, and it wasn't everything it should have been. But you go up into that bedroom. You can find a place. I found a place by God. Let me tell you, my friend, it was a place of choosing. A place of choosing. A place where a young man had a desire to get close to God. And oh, how we need today God's people to once again choose uh, to find that place by God. That place alone with God. Have a desire to be close to God. I can remember as a new Christian, the choir would sing the song. They, they would sing the song, take time to be holy. I love telling the story. and uh, Take time to be holy. But well, as a, as a new Christian, you know, I didn't have the words in front of me and I I didn't know they were singing, take time to be holy. I, I thought they were saying, daytime to be holy. And so I got this convoluted idea in my mind that the only time you could be holy was during the day. And it made sense to me, you know, the children of the world love darkness more than light. And so I, I thought if you're going to pray and if you're going to read your Bible, you have to get that done during the daytime because it doesn't count at night. That's how I thought because the choir sang daytime to be holy. And so it's, I can remember as a, as a new Christian, if I went a while and maybe I forgot to read my Bible that day and I went off to school and, and I didn't open up the word of God and maybe I got busy that afternoon, I can remember going to my little bedroom and the Bible would be there and thinking to myself, man, I wonder if it would be okay to read the Bible right now. I mean, it's, it's about six o'clock, you know, it's, sun's going down. I wonder, if it would, I wonder if God would mind if I read the Bible. I know it's not quite daytime. Man, the, the shock when I realized that they were singing, take time to be holy, not daytime to be holy. But do you remember what it was like as a new Christian when you had a desire to get close to God? A desire to get into the word of God. A desire to find that place of prayer and to come to the church house and man your cup was already full when you you didn't drag into church you came to church excited knowing that you were going to hear the word of God and feel the love of God and just that that desire hey God says behold there is still a place by me but you're gonna have to choose to get there it's a place of choosing Robert Cook said and I often say it in class what start started off as a desire, quickly becomes a duty. And if you're not careful, duty deteriorates to a display. And I'm going to tell you something. I love Christian duty, and duty is very, very important. But you know there is a greater motivation than duty? And that is a desire. A desire to be close to God and to love God. My friends, if you're not careful, you'll be in church so long and you'll get so used to the word of God and you'll get so used to the preaching of the Bible that soon everything that was a desire becomes a duty. Now you used to want to do it, now you have to do it. And if you live there long, it becomes a display. I'm going to tell you something, this world, this world needs more than a bunch of Christians who are displaying Christianity and that's it. Displays are empty. There ought to be a desire. And I'm going to tell you something. You say, Brother Judah, how do, I, how do I rekindle that? You need to find the place by God. Behold, there is a place by me. When was the last time you chose to find a place by God? 
Man, I'm talking to some teenagers, and, and I could not imagine being raised in this society where right is called wrong and wrong is called right. And you say, how are we going to raise up young people that are going to honor God? They're going to have to choose to find a place by God. Behold, there's a place by me, and it is a place of choosing. Secondly, it is a place of hiding. It is the place of hiding. Look at verse number 22, Exodus 33. It says, and it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock and I will cover thee with my hand. This, this place by God, it's a place of choosing, but it's also a place of hiding. I could imagine as Moses came down off that mountain, he was probably pretty overwhelmed he was probably pretty discouraged at the sin of the people and how quickly they had fallen away. Maybe he felt defeated. Maybe he looked around and he said, man, what's the point? What is the point of doing all of this? These people aren't going to listen. It seems like nobody's listening. God said, behold, there's a place by me. And Moses, it's a place where you can come and I'll hide you there. It's a place of hiding. We speak to those in the room who have felt disappointments. You've experienced defeats. Satan's parked on your shoulder. And he said, man, what's the point? These people are never going to change. Your circumstances never going to change. It's never going to get any better. Let me tell you what you need, my friend. Uh, you don't need another sermon. You need to find a place by God, a place of hiding where you can go when you're overwhelmed, when the storm starts to rage and temptation is strong and the flesh is weak, you say, where can I go? You can go to a place by God, a place of hiding. I think of Brother Tom Bish. I was preaching with him earlier this year, and there he is. He's lost his wife. He's lost his leg. They're pastoring in Connecticut. You ask yourself, how does a person like that Keep on going on for the Lord. I'm going to tell you how. I'm going to tell you how. Because in difficult times, he found a place by God. A place where he could go and hide. I think of Brother Joe Brown. I was preaching with him, and I heard his testimony again about how there in the delivery room, they lost their child. And anybody who's ever experienced that knows the heartache and the, and the pain that comes along with all of that. And Joe and Charity looked at each other and they said, we're not going to turn our back on God and we're not going to blame the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. They found a place of hiding. Think of our own pastor who was given a call early in the morning and you've heard him tell the story how the, 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 they said there's been an accident. Your son's been involved in an accident. And the part of the story that always intrigues me is when he talks about that that time from one in the morning to six in the morning, that, that early morning time where he didn't want to wake anybody up and it was, it was too early to tell the kids and too early to let the church family know that he was experiencing loss. What was he doing? He found a place by God, a place of hiding. How do you make it when life gets difficult? How do you make it when the storms are raging and circumstances aren't changing, my friend? You will, you will be out of church if you don't find that place by God. A place of choosing. A place of hiding. One of the most difficult times in my life was two weeks after I moved here. We had accepted the call to come here and to be the youth pastor. Man, I was excited about it. 
remember calling my sister. She was one of the first calls that I made. My sister, Melissa. My sister dealt with drug addictions all of her adult life, and she would go back and forth and get the victory for a while and then mess up and go back into addiction, and it was just a back and forth thing her whole adult life. And I can remember being excited at the thought of coming here and knowing that there was a ladies' home and knowing that there was a, a place where maybe she could move. And I remember calling her and saying, Melissa, I'm coming home. And boy, she was so excited. My older sister, we were close. And, and, uh, and I said, Melissa, they have a, they have a, a recovery home, Christian-based. I said, I'm going to be there, and I'll be right there. I said, why don't you come, and, and I'll pay for it. Why don't you, why don't you move into the home? She said, brother, I'll do it. I'll do it. And I can remember being excited at the thought of my big sister, Melissa, finally getting some help. And I'd be able to be right here with her. And I knew that the word of God would work and the, the Christian approach, I knew it would work. Two weeks after I moved here, I don't even know if it was two weeks. Got a call from my mom saying to go to Metro South there in Blue Island. Walked into the hospital room there, and my sister was there all laid up with tubes. And she made a Facebook post. She said, she said uh, I need to defeat this demon. Her last Facebook post, I'm going to defeat this demon. And I don't know if she went out for one more party. I'm not sure exactly how it happened. But man, after I left my place of service for 13 years and, and moved here and Getting that news, walking into that hospital room, it, was a, it hit me like a ton of bricks. It was Christmas, a few days before Christmas. And I can remember the doctors called the family aside and they said, you're going to have to make some decisions. And Melissa's not responding to anything. And you're going to have to make some They looked at my mom and said, you're going to have to make some decisions. My mom, placed in that impossible situation, said, well, Tomorrow's Christmas Eve, and the next day's Christmas, she said, and the 26th is Melissa's birthday. She said, I can't decide anything on the 26th. She said, but if nothing's changed by the 26th, we'll make a decision on the 27th. And on the 27th, with the family all gathered around, my mom made that decision to take my sister off the, off the life support. And in just a few moments, she slipped off into eternity. And I can remember getting in my car that night and driving home, and not even having a place to live. I was living with my in-laws. I was here only two. Could you imagine that? Living with Bob Auclair. <laughs> Brother, I was struggling. <laughs> Driving that long drive from Blue Island to St. John. Thinking to myself, man, I'm just trying to follow the Lord. Just trying to serve Him. Just trying to do what's right. And, and the devil perching on my shoulder saying, Abdel, you've made a mistake and you've missed the will of God. And if this was God's will, uh, your sister uh, wouldn't have messed up. And, and all of those thoughts and all of that confusion. Let me tell you something, my friend. At that moment in my life, the only thing that could help me was finding a place by God. And I'm thankful that there's still a place by God. It's a place of choosing. It's a place of, of hiding a place where you can go when you're overwhelmed. Behold, there's a place by me. Number three, it's a place of strengthening. A place of strengthening. He said, I'll cover thee with my hand. Well, 
I'll cover thee in the cliff of the rock and will cover thee with my hand uh, while I pass by. Will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. He said, behold, there's a place by me and thou shalt stand upon a rock. It's a, it's a place of strengthening. You know, this world needs a strong church. Needs strong Christians. Strong Christians. And the only place, the only, time, the only way that we're going to be as strong as we need to be is if we get to that place by God, we find the strength that comes when we're in the place with God. We can't make it on our own strength. Who are we kidding? You know, we walk around like we're strong Christians. The truth of the matter is, uh, we are weaker than we even give ourselves credit for. We need to find the strength that comes in the place by God. And for, and I'm done, not only is it a place of choosing, not only is it a place of of uh, hiding. Not only is it a place of strengthening, but the Bible says right there in verse number 22, this place by God, is a, it is a place of standing. Verse number 22, and it shall come to pass, uh, um, I'm sorry, verse number 21, and the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. This place by God is a place where we learned to stand for God and to stand with God. I'll never forget, I was preaching in Michigan, and the preacher came to me, and the meeting was done. He said, Abdel, he said, I want you to do me a favor. He said, I want you to stay close, and I want you to stay clean. The only way you and I are going to stay close and stay clean in this world is if we find the place by God. I urge you today, you say, Brother Judah, what's the point of this message? I am, I am urging God's people uh, to get into this Bible and to find the God of heaven and to not just rely on a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night message, but to find the place by God on their own. It's the only way that you and I are going to make it in this day is if we know that there's a place by God and if we find that place by God place of choosing, a place of uh, hiding, a place of strengthening, and a place of standing. Boy, we need the, the, the world needs the church to stand right now. I was, I was preaching in Kentucky, and uh, Brother Charlie Clark was there. Brother Charlie Clark was up there, and he was just preaching along. He was talking about the lawsuits in New Jersey, and talking about being shut down, and talking about having to go to court, and facing fines, and facing uh, uh, jail time even. He doesn't think he's going to go to jail, but he said he was facing, uh, if, the, if the worst thing happens, he can go to jail for a while, just holding church, just having church. And who would have thought in America that we would be in that position? I'm going to tell you something, my friend. This world needs the church to stand. And the church will never stand the way that we ought to until the people in the church learn to find that place by God, that place of standing. I was reading a story, an old story, but it's a story that stirred my heart as a teenager. And I can remember hearing it. I don't know if I heard it at a youth conference or where I heard it for the first time. But man, I can remember hearing the story and getting all fired up. The story was told of an atheist who put a meeting together in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the turn of the century. He was there, and, and uh, this man was brilliant. He was uh, smart. He had all kinds of degrees, and he was very much a denier of the gospel and an uh, unbeliever. 
He was a, a, an atheist man and an infidel, and he would, he would hold these large meetings all across the country, and he would challenge any Christian to debate him on the veracity of God and the existence of God. And he would fill these auditoriums, and he was bold. I mean, he was turn of the century. People didn't talk like that. He would stand up on a soapbox, and he would point to the heavens, and he would say, I, I defy God, and, and all kinds of things like that. And people would fill auditoriums, just listen to him, waiting for a Christian that would debate him. And not a Christian, nobody would do it. Most of them believed in the Lord, but they wouldn't debate this man. He was too smart. He was too, he was too, uh, uh, too quick-witted. And as I heard the story told once, they said that a little girl in the balcony of the great auditorium in Philadelphia stood up, and she just started to sing, stand up, stand up for Jesus. She just started to sing the song. I mean, at first, she stood up way in the back recesses of the balcony of the uh, great auditorium there, and she just began to sing, and as she sang, stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross, people around her began to sing uh, with her, stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross, and you know the story, soon the whole balcony was singing, lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer loss, and it caught fire, and then the whole uh, main floor of the auditorium was singing, from victory unto victory his army shall he lead, until every foe is vanquished, and Christ is Lord indeed, and man, as a great choir, everybody began to sing, stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross, and soon as they were done singing, they looked on the stage, and the stage was empty, and somebody cried out, hey, where'd the atheist go? And another person cried out, the atheist girl ran off when the, uh, the atheist guy ran off and the little girl stood up. And my friend, today, uh, we need some Christians uh, that will stand for the Lord again. In our place of employment, in our schools, in our communities, we need to stand for God. But you'll never stand for God if you're not standing with God in the place by God. We need to get back to that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We need to get back to what David said in verse number 34. Uh, this poor man cried, so, uh, chapter 34 of Psalms, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. When was the last time you cried unto God and you knew that he heard you? When was the last time that you, that you found a place by God? Where is your place by God? My wife, every morning, She'll hate me saying it, but it's true. Every morning, out on the porch, she's got a place by God. She's got her Bible open, and she'll, she turns there, and that's her place. She's got a spot. Where's your spot by, by God? See, if we're not careful, this whole thing just becomes our duty. Sunday after Sunday, Sunday after Sunday, we just show up because we have to, or what will people think if we don't, and well, it's where I ought to be, and what started off years ago as a desire to be close to God and to know God becomes a duty, and duty deteriorates to a display. We lose our power and we lose our witness. The world crumbles around us, and you say, man, what, what, what's going on? The problem is there's a lot of Christians that have forsaken their place by God. And I'm telling you, I don't care what you're going through today, there is a place by God. If you're here this morning and you're lost, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, if you're here and, and you've never 
accepted the Lord into your heart and trusted him as your savior, listen, there's a place by God. And as crazy as this world is getting, there is a refuge where you can go. You can find a place by God. You can be born again today. But if you're a Christian, I want to challenge you on your devotional life. Hey, there's a place of choosing. You're gonna, you'll, you'll, you'll choose to get there. Some of you teenagers might have to walk by some of your friends on your way to finding that place by God, but, but you just go ahead and you just choose to get there. You'll never regret spending time with God. It's a place of choosing. It's a place of hiding. It's where you can go when you're overwhelmed. It's a place of strengthening. You know, there's a strength that comes when you've been alone with God. There's a strength that only comes when you've been alone with God. There's a place of standing. How do we stand in this world how can we be an effective witness in a strong church? We need a church family that knows what it is to find that place by God. Every day, every day, not just Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, but I'm talking about every day finding the place by God.